0: Edward, or Ed, as he insisted he was called, stood out front of the dilapidated house. He had pulled the U-Haul into the driveway moments earlier and gotten out, walking to the shoulder of the road and turning around. He wanted to take a photo of the house before he officially began moving in. You see, Ed had recently purchased this house after saving up for years at his job in Erie, Pennsylvania. He had been eyeing a managerial position at the Pittsburgh branch of his office and finally pulled the trigger, getting the job and uprooting his life in one foul swoop. Ed pulled out his phone and snapped a few pictures, some standing, some while kneeling, all capturing the house at that exact moment. The roof with a shingle missing, blown away in a violent storm a decorative shutter gone from two or three of the windows, either needing to be replaced or having the rest removed from the other windows to make the house symmetrical. Ed knew that it would be a lot of work to make the house presentable to friends and family, but he was certain that he could do it. He looked left and right, his neighbor's house maybe 200 yards away, the edge of a fence peeking out from the trees signaling the start of their yard. Ed had met the man when he first came to look at the house. David was his name. An older gentleman, maybe in his late 60s to early 70s. Dave had stated that he had been living there 30 or 40 years. He enjoyed the solitude that the area provided, untouched by developments that had been popping up just miles away. Dave had said that he was glad Ed was purchasing the home. It had been sitting empty for a few years. Now, that was a lie. Renters had come, but had only stayed for maybe a month at most before moving out. The previous owners of the home, an elderly couple much like Dave and his wife, had once owned and lived in the house, but decided to downsize due to deterioration of health. They tried renting the home, but no one would ever stay in it. It was never said why they wouldn't stay, but tenants would be there one day, and gone the next. The house mysteriously stayed on the market for about a year and a half, where most properties and houses in the area would be sold within a week or two, due to the high demand of housing in the area. Ed walked onto the porch. The long boards that made up the walkway creaked as he put weight onto them. The door maybe the most secure part of the home, was fashioned with a new electronic doorknob, one that had a security keypad displayed prominently. He put in the code that the realtor provided and turned the knob after a satisfying beep and click. The house had been well kept on the inside by the elderly couple Dave had mentioned. The house was built in the 1960s and was styled after the typical white picket two-story house that all families strived to achieve in that time. The decades had been unkind to the house. Fading paint, stripped shingles, loosening boards, all things that could be easily fixed with a little bit of elbow grease and time. Things that the elderly, sadly, do not have the capability of doing, except in rare circumstances. Ed's footsteps echoed through the empty rooms. The door entered to a small foyer with a living room on his left that was over half the size of his apartment back in Erie. On his right was a dining room, a modest chandelier hung from the ceiling over a non-existent table. The walls in just about every room were painted a white or a cream or a small deviation of one of those two colors. The floor, a hardwood, most likely pine, stained dark in the living room and a slightly lighter color in the dining room. Both floors showed signs of wear and tear, with time on a lacquered floor. Small grooves, where things were dragged like tables and chairs, were stained dark from dirt being caught in these grooves and ground into the lacquer. Lighter patches, where foot traffic was heaviest, was also apparent, thinning out the dark stain. In front of Ed, at the end of the foyer, was a staircase, stained dark like the living room. The stairs had rubber grip pads stuck in the middle of each step. Surely this was used by the elderly couple to avoid falling from the stairs, one of the most dangerous parts of a home. On the back side of the staircase, on the dining room side, was a kitchen. Plenty of cabinet space for appliances, food, and that one drawer that holds random assortments of batteries, twine, tools, and... Anything else that has no real place to go. Next to the kitchen, in the corner by the living room, joining the two was a mudroom, a door leading outside onto a small 4 by 4 porch with stairs that led into the yard. Going upstairs, there were two bedrooms, one above the dining room and one above the living room. Upstairs, there were two bedrooms, one above the dining room and one above the living room. Each had a closet, large enough to take a step into, and spread your arms to the sides without touching the walls. A third room, above the kitchen, was a room that could be used as a bedroom, but by realtor standards, it did not qualify as a bedroom, because it did not have a closet. Above the mudroom was a bathroom, with a shower stall and a tub, it had been recently renovated, perhaps by the elderly couple prior to the first tenants arriving. It was maybe the most modern part of the house, and Ed appreciated that. Even though he was gruff, a sizable 250 pounds and 6 foot 3, sporting a beard, he still enjoyed the occasional soak with a bubble bath. Ed began moving his things into the home. As I said before, the living room downstairs was over half the size of the apartment he had previously lived in. All of his possessions barely filled the home, still making it feel empty. As time went on, he would purchase more things to give the home a more lived-in feel. But he was content at the moment, as it was a new place and a new part of his life. Ed got into a routine. He went to work, learning the ropes of his new position, and meeting his work colleagues that he would have to spend time with Every day, eight hours a day. On Tuesday, I think it was, of that first week, as Ed was driving home from work, he saw Dave mowing his lawn for one of the last times of the season, as it was the middle of October, and the air had begun to cool, and the grass had begun to grow more slowly. Leaves were soon to cover the ground, and after that, the snow would begin. Ed invited Dave and his wife, Paige, over for a dinner. Dave mentioned that Ed should invite the neighbors on the other side of it as well. Dave didn't want to encroach on the invitation, but getting to know the people on both sides of you would be a welcome gesture. The neighbors were maybe five to six hundred yards up the road, not visible from Ed's driveway. They, too, were an older couple, that had been living in their house for maybe 30 to 35 years. The day of the dinner came. Ed had prepared chicken on his grill, a grill that he used to keep on the balcony of his apartment. He roasted vegetables on the grill as well. His neighbors were elderly and, by their nature, usually had a smaller appetite. He had bought six chicken breasts, figuring that any leftovers he could take to work for lunch during the week. Just as Ed had finished setting up the table, the knock at the door echoed through the foyer and the dining room. The neighbor from down the street and his wife stood on the porch, Marcus and Eleanor. Marcus was, in Ed's opinion, overdressed for the occasion, wearing clothes that were more befitting for a church service than a neighborly dinner. As Ed let the couple in, he saw Dave and his wife walking down the street. Dave's wife using the assistance of a cane. The discussions of dinner were the typical small talk of rural America. The way things had changed since the couples had first moved in. The way things are going downhill now with politics and local government. And the way that kids are lazy and don't want to do any work. Ed surely held some of these beliefs, but... Being part of the younger generation they scoffed at, he had to push back a little bit. They complimented Ed on his cooking prowess, enjoying the meal. Ed was a connoisseur of the Food Network, and prided himself on being a decent home chef. After the meal, Ed made coffee. For some reason, this is a thing that the elderly do. He brought out a homemade butterscotch pudding as well, that went perfectly with the coffee. They discussed the history of the house, and how nice the original owners were. Both of Ed's neighbors were sad to see them go, and very uneasy each time someone moved in. They had a friendly bet each time they saw a moving van, guessing how long someone would remain in the home. Dave was currently the leader of the bet, with Eleanor only one point behind. Ed asked if they had ever talked with the tenants of the house. Both of the couples said that they had, and that they all seemed nice enough. They said that the tenants said that strange things happened in the house. Feelings of being watched, unwanted, having things go missing. It was enough to drive most people away. There was one couple that stayed for the longest period of time, about three months. Dave, Marcus, Eleanor, and Paige had no idea what happened to them. One day they were fine, waving when they drove by and and doing a little small talk. The next day they were gone. They had packed everything in the middle of the night and left. Ed mentioned that so far he hadn't had anything strange happen in the house that he was aware of. He had such few possessions that he would have easily noticed if something moved or was missing. The group concluded their night better friends than when they had started. Ed shut the door as his guests left his porch, and he began cleaning up. The next two weeks for Ed were fairly normal. He went to work, and came home and played some video games, shopped for new things for the house, and began sprucing it up a bit. The room that was not considered a bedroom upstairs, he turned into an office. He bought a desk and a nice office chair. He bought art to put on the walls to make the house feel fuller, not the dingy, empty, white, insane asylum walls. He had taken off the shutters and found the missing ones in a small shed in the backyard. During the coming weeks, he would plan to sand and repaint the shutters. Ed had liked these decorative pieces as they added a little bit of something-something to the house that he very much enjoyed. One night, as Ed was beginning to fall into this evening routine, making dinner and playing video games, until it was time for bed, there's something caught his eye. As he took a glass of soda to the living room to set down, he noticed the controller for his gaming console was missing. Its home was always on the coffee table, next to the remote control for the television. He checked next to the chair, the small corner stand in the living room, and even checked the kitchen in case he accidentally brought it out and left it there. It was only when he poked his head into the mudroom that he saw the controller sitting on the small chair that was placed there so you could take your shoes off easily. Confusion swept through Ed at that moment. He knows he barely used that mudroom, having no real reason to go through there except to mow the lawn, which hadn't needed done. How had that controller ended up there? He picked up the controller and his plate of hot food and walked into the living room to continue his evening. That weekend, Ed invited his friends from Erie Down to, well, to sound sophisticated in his head, he called it a housewarming party. In reality, it was more of a party party. There would be drinking and some noisiness, but he hoped that it wouldn't disturb the neighbors, what with them being so far away. He cleaned his house, and made it as presentable as possible for the four or five friends arriving that weekend. Ed knew that he would have little time to clean after work on Friday, as they would be arriving soon after he arrived home. His four friends, whose significance to this story is so minute that I won't bother mentioning their names, they all arrived in the same vehicle. They were a friend from high school that was local, and a few friends from college that had all formed into a group in Erie. Ed had prepared food for their arrival, seeing as they had traveled without having dinner. They ate, caught up, shared stories, and reminisced about the good old days of college and high school. Ed gave them a tour of the house, explaining the limited history that he knew. The previous owners, the tenants, and the tenant's strange behaviors when it came to abandoning the home. The group questioned Ed as to his experience within the house. He told them that he had not had any strange experiences, forgetting the controller incident. It was not an important enough event to remain in his mind for long after the controller had been found. It was after dinner, as they were all sitting in the room, beers in hand, a background show on TV as they talked, that a loud bang emanated from below them. The door to the basement was located in the kitchen, and went in line with the stairs leading to the second floor. They opened the door, and all of them peered into the darkness of the basement. The finished white walls of the basement, dimly visible in the light filtering from the kitchen above. Ed flicked a light switch on at the top of the stairwell, and a light just out of sight of the stairwell clicked on somewhere within the basement ed began walking down the stairs his friends following upon reaching the bottom of the basement stairs it became readily apparent what caused the noise a box of old notebooks and toys and other things from ed's childhood sat toppled over it seemed to have fallen from atop another box causing the loud bang as it fell One of Ed's friends claimed that it must have been a ghost, making a mocking woo sound. The group laughed as Ed picked up the box and placed it back in its rightful place, shaking it a little bit to make sure that it was secure. They all went back upstairs to finish out the night. Ed played music. It was not loud enough that you could make out the words from outside the house, but you could definitely hear the beats of the song from the road. Luckily, Dave... Paige, Marcus, and Eleanor either did not hear or did not mind the music. That Sunday, around lunchtime, Ed and his friends went to town to get some lunch. The friends would be leaving from there and headed back home to Erie. They enjoyed a delicious meal at the local mom-and-pop restaurant. The food a higher quality than fast food, but not as expensive as a chain restaurant. Ed drove home, listening to some music and singing along as he drove. He turned onto his street and drove towards his driveway. He passed Dave and Paige, standing in their yard, and he waved. They did not wave back. Instead, they stared at Ed in his car as he drove past. They had solemn expressions plastered on their face. Yes, that would be the best way to describe it solemn. That was strange, Ed thought. Maybe they didn't recognize me or my car. As Ed's house came into view, he put on a turn signal. He turned the corner into the driveway and glanced at the house. Movement caught his eye. A curtain on the second floor was rustling. A curtain in the guest room. That's also odd, Ed thought. He hadn't turned on the furnace yet, so... The vent would not be blowing air. He could see that the window was most definitely shut. One of his friends did not open it to cool the room down overnight as they slept. He jumped out of his car quickly and jogged to the porch, putting in the code to his home quickly as he opened the door and walked upstairs. He turned the corner, passing the door to the bathroom, and entered the guest room. The bed was a bit ruffled, but... Everything seemed to be in order. The curtain was still. Everything was normal for the next couple of days. It was Thursday of that same week when Ed saw the curtains move. He was preparing dinner, and for once he decided that he would sit at the dining room table alone. As he began to eat his meal, he had barely taken the first bite when he heard a floorboard creak. The sound sort of familiar to him now, made his eyes glance over to the window facing the porch. For the creak he heard was the sound of somebody stepping onto the porch. Ed had not been able to make the boards stop squeaking, and he had not found a way to step over the boards easily to stop the squeaking. He heard distinctive footsteps then. They were definitely on the porch, judging by the sound. He got up quietly from his table, and crept to the window. He peered out and saw nothing on the porch, but he could still hear the footsteps. A shiver crept through Ed's spine, remembering the stories that his neighbors had told him. I won't be scared of nothing, he thought, as he walked confidently to the front door. He threw it open and looked both directions on the porch, but there was no one standing there. Strange things had begun to happen to Ed in his house. Stranger yet was how the neighbor's demeanor towards him had changed. No longer did they wave or smile as he drove by, but stared as if he were a stranger driving through for the first time, in a place he was not meant to be. It unnerved Ed to the point that he would not even bother looking at Dave and Paige. Once, he passed Marcus and Eleanor, driving from their home towards town and Ed had to pull off to the side of the road on the shoulder as they were driving down the middle of the road, and paid no mind to Ed. The most frightening thing thus far was the thought of somebody being on the porch as he ate his dinner, Ed thought. It was nothing that would cause somebody to leave in the middle of the night. He had been in his new home for just under two months. Thanksgiving was approaching, and he planned to go back to Erie for the extended holiday weekend. As he got both Thanksgiving and Black Friday off, he called Dave. The phone ringing just three times before he picked up with a jolly hello, Ed told Dave that he would be going away for the weekend and asked if he could kindly keep an eye on the house while he was gone. Dave, happy as could be, said, Of course I could. Anything for a neighbor. I'm actually going to have my family over, so I'm not going anywhere. The way he said it gave Ed knots in his stomach. He wasn't sure what emotion these knots came from, but something made him uneasy. The happy jolliness of Dave was in complete contradiction to the way he behaved outside of his home. Ed left for the weekend, and arrived back early on Sunday. He could only take so much of his family as they were overbearing and constantly questioned his decisions. He pulled into his driveway and saw no curtains moving, and heard no one on the porch, and found nothing misplaced inside. He breathed a sigh of relief at the discovery of nothing being amiss. Just as Ed had finished doing the walk around his home, ensuring that everything was in its rightful place, the phone rang. Ed jumped at the sudden, loud ringtone. The display said it was Dave. Ed answered, and Dave's happy voice spoke through the phone. Dave had just seen Ed pass the house and was calling to let him know that everything was fine over the weekend. With a chuckle, Ed thanked Dave for watching his home and said that they should come over for dinner sometime soon. But Dave declined, saying that it was his turn to cook for Ed. The night of the dinner arrived. Ed knocked on the door of Dave's house. He had never been inside more than just the garage for a few small conversations. The inside of Dave's house was, in a word, quaint. There were shelves of knick-knacks, frilly curtains and doilies on stands. The place was well kept, and a bright-colored carpet lined all of the floors, save for the kitchen and the bathrooms. The carpets were... Floral colors, pinks, lavenders, yellows. The house felt dated, but warm and inviting. Marcus and Eleanor were also at that dinner. A neighborly friendsgiving, if you could call it that. For they were all friends, weren't they? Their strange demeanors seemed to be gone for the time, as the five of them chatted, laughed, ate, and drank. Ed eventually questioned the two couples about their recent behavior. As the question finished leaving his lips, he could have sworn he saw a glance stolen from Marcus to David. A question and answer between them, communicated only through sight in a brief moment. They claimed they still hadn't gotten used to his car, and had been leery about people driving on the road causing mischief. Marcus claimed that his mailbox had been destroyed in the spring by kids, and David said that they had driven through his yard at one point. They were untrusting of strangers driving down their secluded forest road. Ed couldn't really argue with their explanations and left it at that. They did a similar routine to the dinner they had at Ed's. Coffee and dessert, chatting and stories before leaving and walking home. Marcus and Eleanor walked alongside Ed as they meandered to their homes. Marcus said something then to Ed. He said that both Dave and Paige were beginning to worry them. Eleanor said that they had been developing early signs of dementia, forgetting things, saying stories that had been recently said over again, or just doing the same thing over and over, and once it was done forgetting that they had ever done it in the first place. It was days later, when Ed was walking through his house. He heard a knock at the door. His house had become more lived in. Garbage was still in its proper place and not scattered about, with people coming and going as frequently as they did. He always tried to keep a clean home. He opened the front door and saw no one there. Confused, he stepped out and looked on both sides of the porch, and walked around his house. But he saw no one. Ed walked back into his home, and just as the door clicked shut, he heard the rap-rap-rap of a door somewhere in the house. Above him. Confused, he walked upstairs, checking all of the rooms and finding no sign of an intruder, or something that could have caused the knocking. That night, As Ed prepared dinner in the kitchen, chopping scallions with his knife, he glanced up through the kitchen window, looking to the side yard. A dusting of snow had fallen the night before, leaving the edges of brown leaves and green grass peeking out from a thin blanket of white. As he glanced at the small pinpricks of color in the yard, someone walked in front of the window, startling Ed, and causing him to almost drop the knife on his foot. He walked to the front porch and put his shoes on quickly, moving to the back mudroom and out the back door. Through his yard he saw footprints leading to the woods behind his house. He caught up with the person walking, its gait and clothing somewhat familiar. It was Marcus. Ed called out to him, and Marcus turned around, greeting Ed with a cheerful hello. Ed questioned Marcus and asked why he was walking through the yard, Ed tried not to be one of those neighbors that didn't like people being near their property at all, but still asked Marcus why he was walking through the yard. Marcus said over the years he had developed a pretty nice walking loop that started at his house and went up the side of Ed's yard and went through the woods looping back to the side of Marcus's home. He was surprised that Ed had not noticed him walking, as he had done it nearly every day since he had moved in. Ed, again a little confused, had never seen Marcus in that area before, but dismissed it. He had obviously just not been paying attention. He had been busy during those times, or had just not been looking out that side of the house when Marcus went by. Ed went back inside and finished making his meal. Something didn't sit right with Ed. As he lay in bed, his mind kept racing. He knows he had never seen any sign of Marcus walking this supposed trail in over two months he had lived in this home. Perhaps they were the ones becoming senile in their old age, remembering things that they used to do, or maybe they were just projecting their thoughts onto Dave and Paige. Perhaps Marcus was starting to have fits of Alzheimer's, and he was in denial. As these thoughts moved through his mind, he heard a creak from within the house. Now, he had heard the sounds of the house before. He had become used to them. The creaking, groaning, and moaning as the house moved, shifted, and settled. In the wind, the rain, and the clear sky. But this was different. This had a weight behind it. Ed strained his ears listening for further sounds. He was far enough away from his neighbors that they would not easily notice someone breaking in. His house, a prime target what with all the boxes from his new purchases constantly hit the trash. Another creak echoed from outside his room. Somewhere in the house, movement could be felt in a shifting pressures of the air. Ed's stomach fluttered and tensed, not wanting confrontation. He got out of his bed slowly, grabbing a hammer that was lying on a chair from a recent assembly project of new furniture. He opened his bedroom door, peering out to the dark hallway. He crept down the hall, peering over the railing that led to the staircase below. A shadow, just barely shone from the dim light in the living room, shot across the foyer, causing Ed to step back, startled. There most certainly was someone in the house. He heard steps, footsteps softly padding underneath him. Whoever was in the house had moved to the dining room. Maybe they had become alerted to Ed from his sudden movement. Ed tightened his grip on the hammer and took a few quick silent breaths, steeling himself for the confrontation. He took a few steps towards the top of the stairs, and after one last deep breath, quickly ran down the stairs, turning the corner towards the living room, where he knew a person would have a difficult time running away from him. The only exit they had was the mudroom, or turning and running to the locked door at the foyer. Ed turned into the living room, ran across to the mudroom, then turned into the kitchen and saw no one. He quickly ran over to the dining room and again saw nothing. Then he heard glass break upstairs, a loud, piercing sound that came from nowhere. How did they get up there so quickly, he thought. He quickly ran through the dining room and back upstairs, looking into his makeshift office. Sitting on the floor were shards of glass. From what, he did not know. He didn't own anything besides mirrors in the house that were purely made of glass. Ed looked around. He saw nothing besides the broken glass. He heard nothing but his own breathing and the rushing blood in his head. He was angry, scared, and confused. An intruder couldn't have gone up the stairs so quietly, and then vanished without him seeing or hearing. The window wasn't even open, and there was no closet in this room. Thoughts of ghosts, spirits, and horrors that were endured by the previous tenants raced through Ed's head. Perhaps they were telling the truth. Perhaps there was something happening in this house. After cleaning the glass and washing his hands, Ed pulled the covers over himself, thinking, thinking hard. He loved the area, loved the neighbors, and loved his job. Perhaps he could find another deal, similar to this one, dump this house, and move on quickly. It wasn't... Ideal, he would probably sell at a loss, but if strange things stopped happening to him, it would be worth it. Besides, Ed was not really beginning to love the neighbors as much anymore with their constantly changing behaviors. As these things were going on through Ed's head, he heard a rustle of fabric. Not a curtain blowing in the wind, not a bedsheet rustling. He peered over his covers, and past his feet, past the foot of his bed, and to his bedroom door, that he had not shut. Through the darkness of the night, he could see an even darker silhouette standing in his doorway. It was a person. Ed's breath caught in his throat, his ears began ringing, and his chest tightened. The hammer on his nightstand out of paranoia was grabbed quickly, and thrown towards the door. The hammer flew through the center of the doorway and seemingly missed the person. The thing that stared, watching him, backed away slowly, blending in and vanishing within the darkness behind it. Ed made his decision in that moment. He would leave the house, now, pay movers to grab his things. He would sell the house. He could afford a week in a motel. They had prices for that, didn't they? Ed packed a backpack full of clothes and essentials, double-checked that the doors were locked, and left in his car. In his haste, he hadn't noticed the cane sitting on his porch. It was about a week after Ed had left the house in the middle of the night. Dave was sitting on his porch when he heard the rumble of a moving truck coming down the road. It was the second one he'd seen that day. He glanced to Marcus, who was sitting beside him with a cup full of coffee, and he smiled a sly smile towards Marcus. I told you we'd have him out by Christmas. Marcus smiled back at Dave. He lasted better than the others. Too bad he was too stupid to change the lock codes from the realtor's number. They chuckled, holding their drinks up to each other in a toast to another good job of keeping a new resident from encroaching on their street.